Hey! Hi! Hello! Welcome to Atomic Radio Hour episode 163, right? Yeah, 163? 163. Hi! Hello! Welcome! How are you? I hope you're doing well. It's me, your host Vince. This is the Post-Nuclear Podcast. Atomic Radio Hour. How are you? How are you? What's new? What's going on? Um, hey guys. Me again. Um, a couple things we're going to talk about. We're going to get into some lore. We're going to get into some discussions. I got a follow-up from a topic of last week. But um, I kind of want to start off. Uh, I think I can segue nicely. I bought something. If you're in the Discord, you probably already know. Um, but I bought another copy of Fallout 3. <laughs> uh, I downloaded Fallout 3 with, the, uh, with Game Pass. And I was talking to... Kyle a while ago about it and he told me that I wasn't going to be able to play the DLC and I haven't played Point Lookout in a very long time and I kind of want to do the pit again even though I've done Anchorage so many times um and I was just like all right well I can probably find it because I remember seeing this this copy uh in Walmart and don't shop at Walmart um but I, I knew that was the only place I was going to be able to find it. And I opened it up, and I don't have the disc here, because it's in my Xbox currently. But uh, it's the exact disc for the 360. So I just bought <laughs> a 360 disc in 2021 for uh, a game that I already own multiple copies of. <laughs> But I have it. Um, and that kind of like... I thought this was the first time I actually ever bought the game new. And that's not true. Because the first time I ever bought the game new was when I bought the Fallout 3 Collector's Edition. Uh, I bought the PC Collector's Edition. And my copy of Fallout 3 that I got in 2008 uh, it was a used copy. It's still... If you can kind of see on the video, I can kind of see it in the little OBS viewfinder, Johnson. Um, there it is. Right there. You can kind of see that yellow tag. That's uh, a used GameStop sticker. I bought it for $55.99. But that's the copy that I've always had. Um, And now I have another one. And as I was going through, I was going on eBay and I was looking up at uh, GameStop to see if they have anything. I kind of want to get a copy of Fallout 3 graded. I don't need it to be... I kind of want it to be new. Because, like, I kind of want that, like, pristine copy. And I don't care if it's a 95 or, or a 9.5 or a 10. I don't know if, like, Beckett is rating games because I know they do cards. But, like, I just kind of want to have my own copy of Fallout 3. I don't even care. Like, I'll pay 15, 20 bucks for the game. I'll pay the $50 to grade it. And I know it's going to be worth the $50 grading. Like, if I were to ever sell it, which I wouldn't, I would just make my money back on the game. I just want it to have it. Like, I just want my own graded copy of Fallout 3. Um, But I was looking into it, and I was looking into some stuff about grading games and what people pay for it. Like, one video I watched, this guy got the uh, Ocarina of Time, I think it was, or the Majora's Mask. It was a Zelda Gold 3DS, and, like, the process of you shipping it out, and he was paying, like, 200 and something dollars to grade it, and he thought that before it was graded, it was maybe worth about 500 bucks, and, like, 
I guess that brings it up to like a seven, maybe even an $800 price tag, but shipping it out and having to pay all that money. And then on top of that, having to wait like two to three months to get it back. It seems like a process. It just seems like I don't want to use my copy just in case something ever happens to that copy. I'd be devastated. I've told multiple people multiple times to please, if anything is to ever happen to me, bury me with my copy of Fallout 3 because uh, it just means that friggin' much to me. And I've had it for over a decade at this point. And like I moved out here and I took it with me. I mean, partially because it goes with the shelf and the whole display behind me, but also because, like, you know, it's my favorite game. I think I even have a copy of uh, uh, Red Dead 1 with me and, like, Bully for the Wii just because I love those games. All of that being said, I want to segue into the next part. Uh, so last week I said it, it's maybe finally going to actually happen maybe this time finally with the remakes of Fallout 3 New Vegas. And it turns out that it's not going to happen as soon as we thought, hopefully, maybe. Um, turns out, and I'm going to link Maddie's video again where he covers this because, again, I'm going off of what I saw in the Mr. Maddie Plays video. Um, there should be a link. Depends on what side I crop myself on. Uh, somewhere, there's going to be a link to it. Um I'm going to read uh, the beginning of an article from IGN in just a moment, but it seems like they're going to be remastering the original Quake or one of the original Quakes. Um, let me just read this article real quick to you. So this is from IGN. Quake leaks suggest a revitalized edition of the classic FPS to be announced at QuakeCon. And Machine Games is apparently involved in this new version. This is by Jared Moore. I'm just going to read the first paragraph real quick. The original upload of this year's QuakeCon schedule appears to suggest that that a revitalized edition of id Software's classic S FPS Quake could be announced at the convention this month. First spotted by Xbox Era, the schedule features a panel called Let's Talk Quake, set to go live at 7.30 a.m. PT on Friday, August 20th. Oh, that's like right around the corner. Oh my god, I think this episode comes out on August 20th. No, it doesn't. Uh, it comes out on August 21st. Um, so this might actually be old news by the time you hear it. This might not be something crazy. Um, but that being said, when originally updated, the description of the panel stated Quake is back in a special stream. John Leanman? Lineman? Lineman? From Digital Foundry talks to Jerk... That's an awful name, dude. I'm so sorry that's your name. Jerk Gustav talks to Jerk Gustafsson. I hope that's how you say his name. There should be a va an extra vowel or two in there. Of machine games about the title's iconic legacy and what it means to both of them. The pair will also discuss the additional content machine games has con contributed to the revitalized edition. Uh, so... We're not getting it. We're not getting a Fall 3. We're not getting a New Vegas. I kind of don't expect us to get it get it as soon as we think we're going to get it. Like, let, let, let's play in the mind, the mind space, the head space. Let's play this game that, um, let's play this game that it's, it's real. It's going to happen, right? I don't think we're going to get it as soon as possible just because as soon as we should as we want to get it, I should say. That's probably the better wording for it. 
because all of the games are backwards compatible. All of the games are on Game Pass. You can play them. They're a little janky. They're a little uh, harder to control because they are 10 years old at this point. They're made on an engine that's very old. But that being said, you can play them still. You can get the full effect out of them. You can get what they meant during 2008. You can get what they meant during 2010, 2011, 2011 plus one, 2013. You'll get the full effect of what these games are, what they mean. The upgrades would be great. <laughs> the upgrades would be fine to have. I would enjoy it. I would enjoy being able to play in a more robust area, maybe even add i hope they just don't change like what super mutants look like i don't think they will because they've they've addressed in fallout 4 why super mutants look the way they do in fallout 4 and why they look the way they do in fallout 3 and uh, appalachia and what have you but i just hope it's kind of when they do it they just kind of up it make the i've talked about this a million times make the guns handle better and just kind of keep the and that goes for three and new vegas like i i don't change much other than, like I've said before, Vegas is one cell. Maybe make the cons, like, feel a little bigger in the sense of, like, there's more area for them or something. I want this to happen. It just doesn't seem like we're going to be getting it anytime soon. Um, I'm also talking a lot for just Fallout when there's a ton of people that played Skyrim but never played Oblivion, never played Morrowind. I never have. I'd like to try Morrowind. I heard it's really, really hard. To the point where, like, it'll be like, go south to the ferryman of Eilsberg. And you just have to figure out how to get get there. Like, you have to read road signs and talk to people. Like, it seems like, I want to say more akin to, like, D&D, I guess. Like, how you have to figure things out and, like, roll dice. Not roll dice, but, like, ask questions and, like, do things and shit. Uh, they seem like fun experiences. I just never got into them. I, I remember, like... Uh, Oblivion was big on the Xbox, and I knew a couple people that liked Oblivion, but I never, I never watched them play it. Maybe because it's such a, a single player experience. But that being said, like Shivering Isles, I'm probably wrong when I say this, but I think it was like forty bucks when it came out. So why not, like, you know, why not just be like, here's a seventy dollar game. It's a Bethesda game, it's Oblivion, and it's got everything. So you could just jump in right like this. <laughs> the Game of the Year. Like, I love that this is Fallout 3 Game of the Year edition. It was Game of the Year of 2008 or 2009, and, like, I bought the Game of the Year edition in 2021. While to, uh, the Fallout 3, Fallout 3 Game of the Year edition, 2009 Bethesda Softworks LLC, a Zenimax media company. <laughs> God, I love this game. I love this game. I wish it... Xbox does this really weird thing where they put the discs on the wrong side. I don't know I, I don't know why it's not on the right side. It's on the left side. And also, there's not like a second flap for the, for the disc. So it's just one disc on top of each other. And like, these are 360 discs. I don't know them to be perfect discs. So like, they're going to get... They're not Blu-rays. They're going to get scratched the f*** up. But... <laughs> Plays on both Xbox One and 360. I'm trying to, like I said, with these copies up here, I'm just trying to own as many copies of Fallout 3 because once I, once I, I don't have, I don't have a PS3 copy, and once I get the PS3 copy, what I want to start doing is buying copies in other languages. Uh, when I was gonna go to Japan before COVID killed my plans, 
what I really, really wanted to do was get a couple games for my childhood in Japanese. If I can go to like a retro game store, I wanted to get Sonic Adventure 2 Battle for the GameCube in Japanese. Like I would never play it. I, I don't even think I would ever grade it. I might frame it. That's what I might do with my copy of Fallout 3 from back in the day. I might frame it. That being said, um, I wanted to see if I could find a Japanese copy of Fallout 3. Uh, there's a copy. I, I'll put a picture of it on screen if it's still on eBay, um, depending on, like I said, what side I've cropped. There's a copy of Fallout 3. It's a Chinese copy that I really, really want to get my hands on. The only thing is it's uh, like 300 bucks. And I don't want to pay that much money for a game that I own several times. <laughs> I mean, it is a big box copy. It is super rare. I absolutely get it. It's just, that's a lot. That's a lot, a lot, a lot. And I wonder what's taken out of it. Like, I, I would assume, like, Liberty Prime must just be, like, Giant Robot or something. And he probably doesn't say anything that has anything to do with patriotism. Just because of, like, uh, the Iron Patriot in Iron Man how to had to be taken out of the movie to show... Like, Don Cheadle does not exist in Iron Man in China. So, I don't know. I just... I want to collect, like... I want to collect a German version because I know that there's a separate German version because of the things I had to take out. Um, if I get a French copy, I want to see how many other languages Fallout 3 came in. And if the cover says Fallout 3 in French uh, or German, Japanese, like something else, I just, just, just to have those copies would be super cool for me. I would really, really like that. Um, I collect things. And then I guess once I kind of fill out or complete my, my Fallout 3 collection, I guess I'll go to New Vegas. Uh, I really want to get a box copy, a big box copy of Fallout 1 and eventually Fallout 2. But that's a $300 investment. Just, just, I want that big box with the window that opens up that you can like see the details of the game and the screenshots. I love the atmosphere of that game. I love it so much. But hey, some good news in terms of remasters. If you're like me and grew up uh, with friends that had PlayStations, uh, especially the PS2, and never owned a copy of the original Grand Theft Autos, and I'm not talking, I shouldn't say original, I should say the 3D Grand Theft Autos, but played the hell out of them and like didn't get their own copy till like way later. Like I don't think I got my own copy of San Andreas until after GTA 4 came out, but... Um, it's rumored that on the 19th, so the day after I record this, so it's definitely gonna, the news will have hit already. Um, we should be getting, actually, depending on how I edit this, cause I normally edit the next day after I record, uh, I might even put like a screen grab of something of it on screen around here somewhere. Um, we should be getting remakes, remasters. Apparently they're, they're all done in, uh, Unreal. If I remember correctly, I actually have a link here that I sent to myself. This is from GTA Trilogy News. Yeah, it's GTA Trilogy News on Twitter. Let me actually check their account quick. So I guess the, the trilogy just refers to the, the, the main three games. Because uh, this, this guy seems to be posting stuff. Let me see when his account started. August of 2021. Okay. That doesn't really help. But it seems to be memes and whatnot. So maybe the dude just got lucky. Maybe the dude knew something way ahead of time. Either way. 
Uh, expect an official GTA trilogy remaster announcement on August 19th. And then there's some, what I assume is some fan art of CJ, Tommy Versetti, and I think his name is Klaus from GTA 3. I don't think I've ever beaten GTA 3. I don't think I've even really played it. I think that was one that I watched everyone else play. I don't know about you guys, but I was, I grew up watching people play games a lot. Um, like my friends, I would always watch them play and I would just say like, oh, hey, do this, try that, do this, do that. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was just the communal thing. I, I liked a lot about it. Uh, but that being said, hopefully this is real, uh, because I've never, I don't like Vice City. Uh, it's not that I have anything against Vice City. I just didn't like it as much as I like San Andreas. Um, and three was one of those games that I just remember it being around, uh, I played GTA Vice City Stories and Liberty City Stories actually like a lot because uh, I had it on the PSP back in the day. But I hope this is real because I'll buy this. <laughs> I'll buy this without a second thought. And uh, hopefully this comes with a version of GTA Online like that I can play with. Like on, apparently there's no, I remember reading there's no, I remember reading that there's no hard copy of it. So you won't be able to buy it physically, but you'll be able to get it digitally, which is fine, I guess. That's the era we live in. And Rockstar didn't make enough money with Grand Theft Auto having it sold like a hundred and something million copies. So whatever, I'll take my copy of this. What am I going to do? I want to play San Andreas again, just just to mess around, just to drive around with better graphics. The weapon handling improved, like like a ragdoll system would be a ton of fun. Like I, if they fix the problems with Vice City, like I remember a few missions being just incredibly hard. Uh, three, I remember having like not that I played it, but remember watching something about it being like an incredibly hard end game, like the end of the game, like the final mission is incredibly hard. But yeah, add more music. Just do do everything that I said for, for the three and New Vegas remaster. Bring it over here. Just do that, please. <laughs> but I think that's enough talk about I think that's enough talk about all the ancillary shit that we gotta talk about. Let's get into the lore. But before we get into the lore, just like always, we have to thank the Patreon. And starting from the top of the Patreon, we have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, we have Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, it's Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. Fourth, we have Bones Jones. Thank you, Bones Jones. And last, but certainly not least, we have Girth Brooks. Thank you all for your support. Uh, because of you guys, I can continue to do this and we can have the show uh, continue and go on. Soon we have to pay the... the um, the fee, so we're on Spotify and Apple and I guess iHeart and Google and whatnot. Uh, we actually had to switch providers because of the way they got bought out. And now we're under like another company and I keep trying to see how I can pay, but I'm not getting anywhere and I'm not getting anywhere fast. So um, hopefully that'll get squared away. But because of you guys, you've made con contrib contributions to us to make sure that we can continue and do the show. And uh, thank you. We I appreciate you. Thank you. So getting into today's lore, if you want to hear any sort of lore, the place that you got to be is in the Discord. There's a link to the Discord in the description below. Uh, this week, I asked the question of what is 
a a fall a unique fallout weapon that I'm thinking of. And I did this one early because I knew it was going to be way too hard. Um, my original idea was the Zuolong, if I'm saying that correctly. There will be a picture of it on screen. The Zuolong assault rifle from Fallout 3. It's a special Chinese assault rifle that has um, 32 instead of 24 shots, I believe. I could be wrong when I say this. Again, if I'm wrong, I'll correct myself on screen. Um, and the way you get it is a super con- convoluted quest where you have to like go to a museum, read the right terminals, go to a diner, pick it up off a guy's body. So I feel like a lot of people just didn't know about this weapon. That being said, I thought, let me do a different weapon just in case someone gets that before they get that one. Now, whenever I ask the questions in the discord, I always have one or two uh, options in mind. And the other one is my favorite weapon from the pit, the perforator. Um, And it's uh, an assault rifle without a stock, a scope, and a silencer. And I use that thing so much back in the day. So someone in the Discord got it. That person being Mr. Cuddles in the uh, the Discord. And I told him, DM me. Who do you want to hear? And because Mr. Cuddles got the question right in the Discord, the question that I ask every week, and whoever gets it right first gets to pick this week's lore... Mr. Cuddles chose Deacon from Fallout 4, so we're finally breaking away from the theme of Fallout 3. And I'm kind of surprised we hadn't done Deacon before, but Deacon, his real name is unknown. He is an agent of the railroad in the Commonwealth in the year of 2287. Not much is known about his backstory, and he will readily admit to lying about his past. He claims to be one of the first Gen, Gen 3 synths to be liberated and then helped found the railroad sometime sometime in the 2210s. All of this is false. Now, I thought Deacon, before I went into this, I genuinely thought Deacon was a synth. I don't know why. I never used him as a companion. I guess he tells you at some point he's a synth. Uh, And I just believed him and went, okay, why would you lie about that? Uh, His entry on the wiki says human. It says that he's skin and flesh and bone and real and not a toaster. So I don't know why you would lie about this. And this kind of leads – I'll get into it a little more later. This kind of leads into my problems with Deacon and how – He's kind of based himself off of lying. And I get it makes sense because he's a spy that he would lie and lie and lie and lie and lie like a rug. But like at the same time, I want this dude as my companion. I want to know about you. Tell me about you. Also, I know that uh, you, you can tell that that's a lie because there's a story from him that I'll be reading directly off the wiki a little later. It was one of those that like his his entry kind of touched upon it a little bit, but not enough. And f- I went to another article um, on the wiki, another page on the wiki, and it was enough, but I just kind of wanted to read it verbatim just to kind of give the whole experience and feel of it. Oh, also, I have written down here, if I'm reading the wiki correctly, the railroad was not invented until the 2220s and definitely by 2229 with the Broken Mask incident. Now, the Broken Mask incident is the first kind of interaction between, uh, Gen, I believe it's Gen 3 since... Let me double check. It's not saying on the wiki that it's Gen 3 since, but the, the, the gist of it is the broken mask incident was a sudden outburst of violence perpetrated by Diamond City visitor Mr. Carter against individuals 
around the market bar in May of 2229. Now, the game doesn't directly give you, I even Googled it, I checked different sites, it doesn't give you a direct date of when the railroad was started, but it was started by 2229. So him saying that it started in the, the 2210s makes zero sense. And he also claims that Desdemona is just the figurehead and not the actual leader, and that he is. Uh, most of the railroad doesn't know much about Deacon himself, and Desdemona claims that him and John D are the same person. Now, John D, I'm just going to read this directly because it's two quick paragraphs off the wiki. I get all my lore off of fallout.fandom.com. It says, in November of 2266... Uh, he was the sole survivor, John D, was the sole survivor of a raid on the railroad's headquarters. Wyatt cites him as a major force in the group's subsequent reorganization. He recruit His recruitment methods provi- provided to be the basis of the railroad's pyramid structure. Pyramid scheme. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and he is credited with the development of their dead drop system. Records left by Pinky Thomas make no mention of his fate following the 2273 Institute ambush that killed Wyatt. However, Desdemona privately suggests that he survived and now goes under the alias of Deacon. Now, all of this, like, doesn't make sense to me. And none of of that makes sense to me just because of the next part I'm about to read. Uh, Deacon was was part of something called the University Point Death Clause, which was a gang. And uh, this is the story that I was saying earlier that I'd like to just kind of read verbatim off the wiki. So the University Point Death Clause, the background, uh, this is referencing, like, even just going to their wiki page just brings up Deacon first thing. First, first, uh, four words. As a youth, Deacon was a member of the University Point Death Clause, a gang that harassed Q synths. Their antagonism escalated to the lynching of a young man suspected of being a Gen 3 synth. Shaken by his part in the murder, Deacon left the gang and settled down as a farmer. Sometime later, he married a woman named Barbara. They intended to start a family, but the University Point Death Clause reemerged and attacked the farm. The gang had learned, to both Deacon and Barbara's surprise, that Barbara was a synth. Enraged by her execution, Deacon butchered the gang in a bloodthirsty haze. Uh, there's a reference down here. There's actually a couple of them. I'll read both of them. The sole survivor can say, we all make mistakes when you're young. Deacon will reply with, a mistake or two, yeah, but what I did, I ran with a gang in University Point. We called ourselves the the Up Death Clause, I'm going to say. It's the UP Death Clause. For kicks, we terrorize anyone that we thought was a synth. We'd keep in, we'd keep egging each other on. Started with some property damage gradually. Uh, graduated to some beatdowns, then inevitably a lynching. The Claws leader was convinced we finally found and killed a synth. Looking back, I'm not so sure. Uh, This is another piece of dialogue that the sole survivor can say, I'll withhold judgment until you finish. Deacon says, thanks. So I turned my back on my brothers, broke all contact, time passed, I became a farmer, if you can believe that. Then one day I found someone. She saw something in me that I didn't know was there. Barbara. Well, she was. She just 
was. Soul Survivor can say, leaving the Death Claws took a lot of courage. And Deacon will reply with, leaving wasn't free. They took it out on... Deacon will reply with, leaving wasn't free. They took it out on my sad hide. I don't like the way that's worded. But by the time I met Barbara, they'd moved on. We we were trying for kids eking out a living. And then one day, turns out my Barbara, she was a synth. She didn't know that. I certainly didn't. I didn't know that the Death Claws had found out, but there was blood. I don't remember much clearly after that. I know I killed most of the Claws. Must have made a big impression. So, is that real? <laughs> is, is, does that have anything to really do with... Did, did he make that up? Is this a, a Lanius situation where nobody knows if Lanius really did uh, murder his the Hydebarks? Or was he part of the Legion from a young age and was a slave and grew up or what have you later he would be contacted by the railroad because of what he did to the, of what he did to the university point death clause. The railroad had no idea of his past affiliation to them, though he thought he was unworthy. He decided to dedicate himself to the cause because of who he is. There's no way to prove any of this. And that's, what's kind of frustrating about this is like, with I, I referenced Lanius just a second ago. Uh, Lanius is supposed to be a myth. Lanius is propaganda. He's walking propaganda. They couldn't stop him. His name alone sends a shiver down the spines of men. Like, Deacon's just a guy who changes his hairdo every so often. And isn't a synth but claims to be one. Like, it doesn't have the same impact. He's not known as, like, the, but <laughs> the butcher of... The railroad, he's just a guy who works for them. Sometime before December of 2273, he took the name Deacon. Pinky Thompson helped him escape from another institute raid, which I referenced earlier. And by 2287, he is one of Desdemona's top men. He helps with escorting high-value synths to the railroad and mostly does covert missions for the railroad. Um, neat. There's some cool stuff about him that I'll, I'll get into, like how you can see him before you ever even meet the railroad. He shows up a couple of times. Uh, he's involved with the quest Tradecraft, uh, Principles of War, Rocket's Red Glare, the Nuclear Option, and Tactical Thinking, End of the Line. So, some quick notes and fun facts about him. Passing persuasion checks during Deacon's affinity conversation reveals that many of the things he tells the player character are lies. Some examples being, Deacon will say, I lied. I do that. Another one will be, "You, f uh, the Soul Survivor will go, you founded the railroad? And Deacon will say, sure, me and Johnny D and Watts. Hell, that was 60, 70 years ago. After a while, you lose count. Soul Survivor can respond with, you really think that I'm going to fall for this? And he'll say, fall for what? Haven't you noticed when I say the word Desdemona does a 180? Now, it doesn't have his age on the wiki, but he doesn't look to be very old. I would say he's like anywhere from like 30 to 37. Uh, another, another thing he will say is the Soul Survivor will say, is this the part where you admit this is a lie and try teaching me some stupid lesson? Deacon, I deserve that, but no. That's the end of the story. So, 
Like I said before, prior to contacting the railroad, the sole survivor may come across Deacon working incognito in some major settlements. Deacon will alter his appearance while following the player character around the Commonwealth. Commonwealth. This only, the only constant in his disguise is, is the sunglasses, which he never removes. He has some fixed disguises for certain places. He's present for the argument between Piper and Mayor McDonough, disguised as a Diamond City security. He is found wandering around Good Neighbor, disguised as a drifter, and later joining in Hancock's speech about the Institute. He can also be found in one of the pods at the Memory Den. He may be spotted at Bunker Hill, disguised as a caravanner. When spoken to in these in these disguises, Deacon will often have unique dialogue that differs from the disguise used by the other unnamed NPCs. There's a chance one of Deacon's disguises there's a chance for one of Deacon's disguises to just be him wearing nothing but a leather leg piece, a left leather leg piece. So is he just naked? Is he just in his underwear? Deacon is marked essential. He's marked essential, but if you don't choose him, um, if you don't choose the the railroad and you wind up destroying them, uh, he turns on you and can be killed. Because I know I know that because I did that because uh, I had him at my base because I was going to take him eventually and I didn't because I killed him. Deacon is marked as essential for all the above disguises. If cheats or mods are used to kill him in any of these disguises before you reach the railroad, Deacon will be alive during the road to freedom and will act as if nothing happened. This is because all of the disguises are technically considered different characters in the game. His natural hair color is ginger and that could be found by using the modify look command. He also claims to have visited the capital wasteland. He mentioned how the Brotherhood of Steel wasn't so bad prior to Maxon's ascension to Elder, as well as how the water there is drinkable, referencing Project Purity. Now, that would have been really cool to follow up with, like, we found Zimmer, we found a synth, we went to Rivet City. Deegan's dialogue contains a nod to previous Fallout games. These include suggesting Code Violet as a team name, part of Harkness's override code in Fallout 3, attempting to use what he says in Robert House's personal override codes on Deezer. He claims to have won in a poker game. <laughs> and joking that he wants to convince a new recruit that he's actually John Henry Eden. So just more Fallout stuff and a little New Vegas stuff thrown in there, which is cool. Deegan appears to have a fear of heights because he makes negative comments when brought to elevated locations such as Trinity Tower. Huh. Neat. The only person I can think that in a video game that has a fear of heights is Abby from The Last of Us 2. At one point in 2275, Deacon was kicked out of HQ by former leader Pinky Thompson because he was sick of the lying, face-changing son of a bitch after Deacon had spent a month as a ghoul, which freaked out a lot of people. So I guess if he could change his face, he could be... He could make himself look younger, but still. So here's just a behind-the-scenes thing on on the wiki. It says, a deacon is a low-ranking ministerial, a minister position in many Christian churches. Their duties often include, but are not limited to, day-to-day -day clerical work, charitable work, and recruitment and education of new church members. So I guess that kind of fits with who he is, in a sense. That's deacon. That's the face-changing man that everybody loves. I think... I think women really like Deacon. I don't know why. I can't prove it. I 
it's just one of those things. You ever just like – like I don't trust Will Smith and I don't know why. I just don't. Like I watched The Fresh Prince growing up. I listened to some of The Fresh Prince and DJ – or sorry, Je- DJ Jazzy Jeff and The Fresh Prince. I listened to some of that. Some of it's all right. Some of it's cool. I don't trust Will Smith. I don't know what it is. I just don't. I don't trust Deacon. I can't prove that he's untrustworthy or what have you. I just do not trust him. Hmm. I think that's lore. I think that's lore for this week. Thank you, Mr. Cuddles. Uh, if you want to hear a certain bit of lore, make sure you're in the Discord. Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. I will be asking a question. First person to get the question right gets to pick lore for the week. I started. I started a new hobby recently. Um, I started collecting photos of. <laughs> people um that i don't know i uh there's a lot of thrift stores out here and i'll just on a saturday or sunday when i got nothing to do i'll go and take a walk and pass one and just kind of pop in and look in the department that has all the frames and all the photos and just see pictures of people's families um really tragic kind of stuff um when i told some family about it they're like oh like in coco the the pixar film I've only ever seen the ending of Coco, but uh, someone explained to me that the whole theme is that you keep the – and it has to do with Dios de Muertos. You keep the photos of the ones that have died and have left because it, it keeps them with you in some way. And I like that. Um, growing up, I don't know if anybody else's parents did this, but my mom <laughs> would pick one month out of the year to just go through all of the photo, like all of the photo albums. And it would be like, she'd come home from work, flip through the photo albums pretty much until it was time to go to bed. We'd eat, like she'd talk about what she found. She'd be like, oh, come here, look at your grandmother. Like it was just this thing. And like, I, I would walk into these thrift stores and there's a couple different ones and, or in these secondhand shops, these, um, like uh, flea markets, they have like like a bunch of like indoor outdoor uh, farmers markets, flea markets, and you just see these frames, and they're like fifty cents a quarter, seventy five cents, and I would say, do I get the picture in it too? And they're like, yeah, and I just have this like stack of of photos of people I don't know. I just think it's so sad that like there's an old John Mulaney bit where someone in the story takes pictures of old people and it's just like i don't want to ruin the joke but like it's like you don't you can't get that back you might have a memory with that person you might have a picture associated with that memory but you'll never get that photo back and to think that like i've seen baby pictures i've seen vacation pictures i've seen pictures of weddings uh the the number one thing that i i have that i bought that i couldn't believe i found in a thrift store was a wedding it was it was it was a, a guest book. Like you signed the guest book for a wedding. Like if you donate some of your shit to uh, a thrift store and it's something like that, you that that wedding ended horribly. Horribly. But like I have these photos. I have these <laughs> And like, I make up stories for them. Like, I'm like, oh, this is this, this, the first one that I got was a magnet and I didn't even mean to get it. I I bought, I don't even remember what I bought, but I bought something and like, it was tucked away where like it was on the back of it or something. I barely even remember how I got this, but I got it. And it was this, this like this 13, 14 year old girl. And I'm looking at it and I was just like, 
like, why would you get rid of this? And then I went to like this little coffee shop I go to and someone saw me looking at it and they're like, oh, is that, is that like your daughter? Cause I, you know, I look like two kids in a mortgage and I'm like, no, 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 it's my niece. And they're like, I don't know who this kid is. I'm like, no, it's my niece. And they're like, oh my, like, yeah, yeah. She lives like right outside of Phoenix. Um, we used to talk all the time, but you know, she's 13 turning 14 and just, she wants to hang out with her friends. I think she's got a boyfriend. Like, she's she's growing up. I can't be upset. She's a good kid, though. And they're like, oh, what's her name? Alice. Like, I just, like, instantly was making up the story about this person that exists, but I'm making this new reality for them. And now I just have this pantheon, <laughs> for a lack of a better word, a pantheon of people that i don't know like i found one uh, a few weeks ago that was like a dad and his son and it had to be the late 60s early 70s like you know those wolf t-shirts i'll put a picture of the wolf t-shirts on screen where like there's wolves howling and like you know the only person you're gonna see it is a dude who's wearing cargo shorts tan cargo shorts or khaki cargo shorts for like 11 months out of the year or a dude who, like, wears a 5X but is wearing, like, a 2X and he has a ponytail and a fedora. I hope I hope the, the, the audio-only listeners are picking up what I'm laying down. Like that, but, like, a guy with his son. It's just, it's sad. Like, it's sad, but it's, like, I find these pictures and I give them a new story. I give them a new name and, like, they get to live. And... The ancient Egyptians said you die twice. You die when you actually die and then you die finally when the last person ever utters your name. So hopefully, hopefully these people are getting to live on in some way through my collecting. Like I, I, I've shown people like people get like excited. Um, my family gets like excited when I tell them like, well, I got a new one. Like, and I don't know if that's just because of some morbid curiosity or just, I don't know. Do you ever just do something? You're not sure if you're doing the right thing. And then I know that's kind of counterproductive to think about because you should just do things to do things because you enjoy doing them. Um, but yeah, I just felt like that is a story that I had to tell. I don't know why that's today's show. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I hope you had a, I hope you enjoyed again. Still getting used to the, the one man show, uh, format. Let me know. I pre, I, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Any feedback whatsoever is appreciated in any direction, any kind. I just want to be better at what I like doing. <laughs> um, but thank you for being here. If you'd like the intro music, you can get it at silvermansounds.com slash free music. The name of our track is called Feather Duster. Uh, but there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of music on Shane Ivor's website and it's slaps. Uh, if you want to hear any sort of lore, you can join the discord. And like I said, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, make sure you're there. You'll be able to, um, play the game and maybe get yourself a spot to pick some lore thank you for listening uh if you'd like to follow the show or myself there's a link in the description below this has been episode 163 thank you to our patreon if you'd like to support the show in any other way such as buying some merchandise there is a link to our Redbubble. some fine folks have bought some stickers and some t-shirts uh and it's super super appreciated i hope you're doing well i hope you're happy I hope you're proud. And I'm not trying to sound condescending when I say this. I just hope you're doing well. I really do. 
Um, so please be well. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here. If you want, you can download us anywhere a podcast can be caught, can be downloaded. And you can listen on YouTube. You can watch on YouTube. There is a video aspect to this that we put on YouTube. Thank you for being here. Um, Kyle, if somehow you get this, we miss you. I, I haven't got, had an update for where you are currently. Um, I'm worried. Your mistress is worried. Um, we miss you. And I don't know. Somehow I heard these were getting to Kyle. was getting to his platoon in Neo-Vietnam. I don't even know if he's in Neo-Vietnam anymore. Um, he could be, he could be, as far as I know, he could be as far as Afghanistan. But just be safe, everybody. Take care of each other. Um, I always say call somebody you love. You know, that's just going to, I think it's just going to be the way I, I, I outro this. This is call somebody you love. Call somebody you care about and tell them that. Um, bye, everybody. Thank you for joining me for episode 163. Bye. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Gulman Entertainment Production.